that experiential knowledge of Jesus, what he's done, how he's impacted you personally, uh, is just like somebody reading about a restaurant and then telling you how good it is, as opposed to somebody that has actually gone in and experienced right it. That's there's right there. a clinical way of sharing the gospel, which nobody wants. And there's that organic way of sharing the gospel. Episode of Pass the Baton podcast, passing on what's been passed on to us, a podcast about life, ministry, and everything in between. My name is Tom, and uh, here is my co-host. I am John. And today we are going to be talking about how do we share your faith, right? And so as we get into this discussion, this is a question that many Christians will often ask, how do I share my faith with my friend? In fact, that was a question that we received here for this pod to discuss on this podcast, but let's let's go a little bit broader. How do we just share our faith in general? So, John, how about you kick us off here with just like just a very basic? How would you answer this question? If somebody come up to you and say, "Hey, Pastor, how do I how do I share my faith?" Okay, well, I think it's a very good question that I'm pretty sure that we can wax eloquent on it for a while. But let me let me ask you this. Let me let me ask answer that question with a question. How do you share your favorite food with somebody? And actually, you know, even deeper than that, why would you feel it necessary to share what your favorite dish is with somebody? Is it possible that because it's so good that it it was such an amazing culinary experience that you want somebody else to taste it, to experience it? I would start there with motivation. What motivates you? You have to start there. Why share anything? Why why share uh, your favorite color. Why share a conversation? It really boils down to the the basic. Why? What's your was your intrinsic motivation to share? And I think that's a great place to start off with because the first thing when you when you said that, my mind goes to goes to Pigeon Forge because there's a restaurant that we go to and we have taken many of our friends to because we we love the restaurant. And I always get nervous when I share that restaurant. So are they going to like it and stuff like this? Yeah. And, but I've shared it with family. I've shared it with friends. And I, and so far at this point, everybody has liked it. But yeah, when it really boils down to is it's easier to, sh- first, when we have that question, sometimes we have, we overinflate that question because we think there's a right and there's a wrong way to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are some right and there are some things we shouldn't, shouldn't do in that essence. But it really boils down to it is when you, where is your faith right now? It's much harder to share something that you're not passionate about. Yes. Right. So if I was to spark up a conversation about Star Wars with somebody, if they don't share my same interest in Star Wars, which I'm a pretty big Star Wars nerd, not the biggest, but I'm a pretty big Star Wars nerd. It's easy for me to talk about Star Wars, but mm-hmm. I it's easier for me to talk about the books than it is the movies because I've read many more books than, than I've seen than I've seen the movies. And but I really, really enjoy talking about it. So the number one, the first step is you in order to be able to share your faith. And I guess maybe maybe this question has a hidden question. It's like, how do you effectively share your faith? You have to have something to say about your faith. You have to have a passion about your faith. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, to to kind of piggyback on that is when you when you recommend a restaurant to somebody, uh, there's no guarantee that they'll love it. 
right? But they will only check it out. Why? Because they see that you are so uh, passionate and engaged. And here's the thing: uh, when you share your, you know, your a favorite restaurant, you don't you don't overkill them with everything, like the size of the restaurant, the size of the chairs, the, how much space is in the restaurant, all of the ingredients that are in every single dish. You can say, "Hey." I found something really great. I mean, yeah, there's some specific, sure. Like say, I, I got this specific dish. I mean, there's other great stuff, but there's just a lot there to discover. And it's a wonderful experience. You got to check it out. Again, if if it's that simple to share like, your favorite restaurant, it, it should be, what I'm trying to get is should be organic because it comes from an experience. And because your experience then feeds your passion and your passion then lends you that authenticity when you share with somebody else. And who do you share that restaurant recommendation with? Do you share that recommendation with everybody? Like you leave a restaurant and you start telling every person once you've left that restaurant what's going on? Or you typically have some kind of relationship with the person that you share it with, right? Sure, absolutely, um, absolutely. So, so to, to that, obviously like your friends, you gotta have friends, you know? And uh, of course there are people they may just ask if you're walking, say, hey, do you recommend this restaurant and you would say yes or maybe you do a yelp review and say i 100 percent recommend this place but there has to be some sort of personal connection yeah and and with the yelp example yeah you're share you're sharing that right people are looking for that they go to yelp for those recommendations because they want to know more about it but in that person in the personal sense right sometimes we, we 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 feel that we can we have to share our faith with strangers and that's the only way to really reach out is we have to share our faith with strangers when it's much more effective when we share those things with our friends. Yeah. But in order to be able to fulfill the Great Commission, to go into all the world, we have to be able to build relationships with people and build friendships, not for the sake of sharing your review of the restaurant. I'm going right. to become friends with you just so I can take you to this restaurant and so you can see how awesome my restaurant is, right? So that I can get no. a discount when I go to the restaurant. Right, myself. right. There's yeah. there's all, there, there, there's ulterior motives to it. But you build relationships with somebody and you share things naturally with people that you care about. Yes. And the longer, the more that you work on building that friendship, the more that A, you would, are wanting and willing to share and B, the more receptive to that sharing that someone's going to be. Yeah. And, and the thing about friendship, and we did a whole podcast episode on friendship. The friendship uh, is, not ultim, is not ulterior motive driven, right? I don't make friends because of what they can do for me. I make friends mm. because there is that genuine connection that every human being desires to have because we're created as beings of love. Now, mm. we all need love. You know, that's a cliche thing to say. There's song, all these songs written about love, but it's more than just romantic love. It's just uh, that communal love, knowing that, you know, someone is interested in you, like you mentioned, someone that's ultimately interested in your welfare, that loves you, that supports you, that prays for you, that you can hang out with, that you can have a good time with, uh, that that genuineness of connection where you are valued um, and you can value somebody else. That is what friendship truly is. I mean, a lot of people have acquaintances. People know people, but they don't really know people. You know what I mean? And when you share the gospel, the gospel isn't just good news as a fact or an amazing fact. It's, it's a good news that comes from a person that came to you personally. 
And that's how it should be communicated. And as much as we like food, right? And as much as you like to eat good food and stuff like this, a saving relationship with Jesus is so much more vital than that, Absolutely. right? And someone and, and some would argue, right? Some people would argue that, well, yeah, you don't you 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 don't necessarily share restaurant reviews with with people down the street, but you need to share Jesus with every single person. Well, it's still the most effective way of doing that is through relationships mm. and. The reason that we don't want to do this, and I and I had I had a church leader at one point in time when I was very early in my ministry. Um, we argued about how many Bible studies should somebody be giving a week, right? And I said, typically, you know, two to three is about what I can handle with my schedule. And they said, well, you're not doing it right. You should be giving at least twelve to 15, you know twelve to fifteen a week. And I'm like, whoa, twelve to fifteen a week. What else am I? I mean, I enjoy giving Bible study, but that's going to be incredibly difficult. It ended up being a, a an argument that we had a different definition of what it meant to give a Bible study to somebody. Mm. For him to give a Bible study was to go to their door and hand them a pre-written pamphlet of questions and answers about a, a specific Bible doctrine or a Bible teaching and then come back the next week. And yeah, with that one, I mean, you could do 12 in an hour, which is basically what he said. He tell he goes out for one hour and he and he give he gives out twelve to fifteen. But for me, always been more of when I if I'm doing a Bible study, I'm sitting down for an hour, half an hour to an hour with an individual person or with a, a few people, and that for me is a Bible study. That is when I'm sharing not just my faith, but I'm sharing what I believe about the Bible. And there's more to sharing your faith than just sitting down and teaching doctrines and stuff like this. Sharing your faith is about having a an experience with. Um, with Jesus, right? And sometimes that goes through the modality of opening the Bible and sharing what you know theologically about the Bible. Yeah. But in other cases, it's just sharing what what Jesus has done for you. Go ahead. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that it's also important to have uh, gospel clarity. Mm. Like you have to know what it is that you are sharing. I mean, it's a very broad to say good news, but what does that mean? The good news of Jesus, right? His life, his uh, his death and his resurrection and his current ministry, that's good news. Good news is also how uh, he has changed your heart. You used to be this way, but you're no longer this way. Uh, how God has um, made you better at life and has shared that abundant life. There's there's a lot that encompasses the gospel, just like a, like a, a dish. I know we keep referring back to a dish. Pastor Tom and I love to eat. Um, <laughs> there's, there's different uh, taste buds that it hits. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it, you experience it in a different ways. And that's why it's not just enough to share biblical, like what's in the scripture. And that's absolutely important, but you can, you know, everything in scripture, but if you haven't had that experiential knowledge of God, mm -hmm. that experiential knowledge of Jesus is what he's done, how he's impacted you personally uh, is just like somebody reading about a restaurant and then telling you how good it is as opposed to somebody that has actually gone in and experienced right it. That's There's right there. a clinical way of sharing the gospel, which nobody wants, and there's that organic way of sharing the gospel. Yeah, man, you hit that so on, on, on the head, is you have an experience, right? And there's, a, there, there's one thing, like if you go to a restaurant once and you had a really good experience, you recommend that. But you go to a restaurant that you frequent, that you bring all your friends to because you've had not just a single experience, but you've had an in-depth experience. And you can share different aspects of that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Pastor John and I may go to a restaurant, go to the same restaurant, and then we go and tell one of our friends about it. But we tell them the different things that appeals to us, right? We don't sit down and say, well, we have to talk about, you know, 
how they grind their own wheat and how they make their own plates or how they right. do their own what whatever, which the restaurant I was talking to you earlier, they do that. Um, yeah. but <laughs> but it, it that may not be something that appeals to 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 somebody else. That may be an aspect of that. And so you share the things that are that are really important to you and aspects of the gospel that have changed your life, right? There's the mm-hmm. there's the big gospel, right? There's the idea that Jesus died for a sinner such as me. I may have life, you know. Yes. But there's different doctrines and there's different teachings that affect people in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I'm just to give an example, you know, as a Seventh-day Adventist, the Sabbath is something that's incredibly important to us theologically. But the Sabbath is more than just a theological statement for me. The Sabbath is a doctrine that I absolutely love because I tend to overdo myself. I tend to overwork. I tend to overthink. And there's something about not only giving my brain permission to rest and stop and slow down and to have that intentional time with God. There's something that about taking time away out of my regular schedule to to do certain things, right? To go in to go to church and worship. And not just because I'm I'm the pastor and I'm required to be there. There's something about that just taking a break and stopping that's life-giving for me. And so I will often share with people about that specific aspect because it's one that touches me very, very deeply. And it's one that I get rejuvenated by. And so, and that's going to be different for every person. You know, there may be an aspect of your faith tradition. There may be an aspect of your understanding of scripture that is life-giving and when you share things that you're passionate about or that has impacted you, your testimony is going to be that much more vibrant. Your ability to share your faith is going to be that much more vibrant because it comes from a place of experiential knowledge versus theoretical knowledge, as Pastor John just said. Yeah. You know, in in addition to, you know, no your your, your motivation, knowing the gospel, it's it's really important to learn had to have conversations. And mm-hmm. um, do we believe that Jesus Christ can speak through us and the Holy Spirit is going to give us the words? Yes, absolutely. That's a biblical teaching. But that does not uh, preclude us from uh, learning how to talk with people. Um, <laughs> and if you need some biblical evidence, Jesus was <laughs> incredible at conversations. When you look at the book of John, for example, John chapter 3, where we have John three sixteen. God so loved the world, that's essentially, you know, that's the heart of the gospel, right? But that was framed within the context of a conversation that Jesus was having with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, right? A Pharisee who knew the law. This was somebody that was that was educated in theology. He was a teacher of the law, uh, but he didn't have that experiential knowledge of, of the gospel. Mm. And so Jesus started with where he was. And even at the end of that conversation, Nicodemus didn't quite get it. That's okay. Because at the end of uh, the book of John, when Jesus was crucified, we see that although he didn't speak, his actions showed that he finally believed, right? In helping to buy or to take down Jesus' body uh, and to dress it. And then in John chapter 4, Jesus found a woman at the, rather, Jesus sat at the well for a Samaritan woman to come and engage with him. This would be like a coffee shop. And Jesus came from a place of humility and he started with where she was and she got to the heart. He got to the heart of the issue to which then he shared to what Tom said earlier about something refreshing. He said, this water that you were looking for, this is what you actually need. This this water comes from a spring 
that will never that you that will quench your thirst and then he ultimately shared to her about him and so that's why i encourage people and i do workshops with some of my church members with this like how learn how to get to the heart of somebody and you will find that that heart is willing to receive jesus because you've done the work to be a safe person you've done the work to uh, engage them in conversation. You're doing the work not to appear to be someone that's just out to give them a pamphlet. Like you genuinely care. You want to give them something that's going to quench that thirst and their life. Wow. So kind of to, to s- summarize what we've talked about so far. First, you have to have that relationship with God yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't just, it can't be, well, I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to, or my pastor told me. It comes from a place of a of an intimate relationship with God yourself. Absolutely. Second, in sharing it with somebody, you have to legitimately and honest, earnestly care for that person mm. and have that relationship. And then third, you have to you have to know how to have a conversation with that person. Yeah. And that conversation that you have, you know, Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus was different than his conversation with the woman at the well. One hundred percent. And we try to talk to program. everybody the same. <laughs> we try to program it, right? We try yeah, to have exactly. this. It's like, yeah. all right, Pastor, tell me the three different things that I need to say in order to be able to do this. You know, I can. It just, I need it to. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, and, and it's and this is now we're going to get on to a subject that is so near and dear to me. Is we have to stop as a church thinking that we are going to use these same methods to reach everybody else and that we're going to have a box solution to to evangelism to discipleship right and i understand this right we want to make a you know we want to go to the local christian bookstore and buy a discipleship handbook and teach us how to be disciples we want to uh, go to a seminar or a class and sit down and be told step one two three four whatever it is that we need to do that and there are principles that are there and learning steps and stuff like this can be beneficial, but ultimately we've just got to get our hands dirty and live with people in relationship. Now, not, you know, not move in with people, right? We're not talking, we're not talking about doing that, going that far, but we have to be able to be in relationship with the good, the bad, the ugly, right? We have to be able to understand the, the strengths and the difficulties. You know, John and I talk all the time we're we're you know if you couldn't tell we're we're very close friends and we have shared with each other the the goods the bads the uglies um we have both cried on each other's shoulders um i don't know about literally but quite literally you know we we've cried with each other we've talked with each other yes we've um <laughs> we have we have laughed a lot with mm. each other you know we share funny memes with each other all the time um, all the time I, just about daily. We share in the triumphs so when good things go. I mean, Pastor John was the very first person that I called outside of talking to my wife when we received this call, you know, mm. when uh, this, this when we received the call to move and transition. We've lived, we've learned to live life, live life together as friends, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with people who are not of faith, of a faith background, is you build friendships, you talk with them, you earnestly care about their well-being and and who and and who they are i read a study at one point in time that says for every year somebody is in the church their number of friends who are not church is cut in half until they hit seven years and on the average christian has no friends that are outside of their church environment and there's an understandable element to this because we do have this tribal mentality as a people we want to be around people who think like us who act like us who make us feel comfortable we have to get uncomfortable with being so comfortable. 
we have to be able to get out of our comfort zones, do things that we wouldn't typically do, go places we wouldn't typically go to build relationships. Again, for the fact of building relationships. Yeah. And that's going to be harder for our our introverted friends than it is for our extroverted friends. But work within the armor that God has given you. I'm introverted, so I'm not one that's going to go out and go party or whatever the case may be, or go to these big conventions or go to hang out and meet people in coffee shops or where, wherever it is that people people make friends. Um, but I enjoy playing games. And I have met so many people online playing video games that I have gotten into and, and learned to live life with. When you have a relationship with Jesus and you have a relationship with people and you care about people, and you know the basics about how to have conversations with people. You're not having them to have to, to prove that you're right. You're not having them just for your own selfish motives. When those things are in line, right? Once you have those principles down, sharing your faith becomes much, much easier to do because it's coming out of a place of, of, of care and passion. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> just, I've seen way too many awkward interactions with people and i know people mean well and please don't take this as me mocking you but it there is a certain organic way of, of sharing and as tom laid out it's so much easier when you're in a an actual relationship you know a friendship uh, because friends can share things uh, friends can disagree uh, friends can do a lot of things that strangers don't and the thing is jesus when you look at how he navigated his ministry did he preach? Yes. Did he teach? Absolutely. Did he heal? Yes. But he also went to parties. He went to weddings. Uh, he went into the homes of the Pharisees. He went into the homes of wealthy people. Uh, he hung out with people on the street. So Jesus was somebody that interacted with people. And of course, the Bible doesn't recount everything that Jesus said, especially when he went to these parties. But we do know that he developed a little bit of a reputation for being a glutton or a drunkard because he was around people that wasn't exactly your church type people. But understand this, Jesus didn't just go into those places because I'm, I need to save these people. He went in, yes, with his mission, he was going to save all humanity, but he genuinely desired to, to meet with them, to interact with them, to have conversation uh, and to get to their heart so that he could share with them the good news of himself and how much we all really need him. And when it, when it comes from that in an organic way, in a in a non-clinical way where it's just like, okay, you're going to be lost, so you need to be saved. So here, accept the gospel. People will reject that. And let's just, let's just be real. You know, there's just so we already had the, the Christians, the most sterling image anymore. Uh, we can come up with Christians are known as angry, as tyrannical, as controlling. And if you come at people with this mindset of I'm up here and you're down here and I'm going to give you something that you need to lift you up to where I am, uh, you're already going to start on the wrong foot. Take Jesus' example, like at, with a woman at the well, sit down at a well, ask for help. Help me understand where you are. Uh, walk me through your life. Help me understand what you are truly desiring. And let me tell you, I got something that I want to share with you that is just going to blow your mind. And so when we present it that way, as opposed to, well, you're going to, you're going to go to, you're going to go to hell if I don't give this to you. Again, you check your motivation. It's just like, this is, this is the greatest gift that I've ever received. And, and the great thing is I can share it with everybody. It doesn't get exhausted. It doesn't get wasted. 
And here, this is just something great. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting passionate just talking about this. And of course, you have to let them direct the conversations, just if that makes sense. Don't come in and just say, okay, that's great what you're saying. I know I asked you how your day was going, but let me tell you about Jesus. No, let, let, let them lead the conversation. This is just you know a practical thing. Let them lead the conversation. And once there's an opening, take it. You know, when the door opens and they invite you in, go ahead and walk in. Don't barge in. Don't kick in. Because even Jesus, we know this in Revelation, behold, I am at the door knocking. And if you open, I will come inside and sup with you. So Jesus himself does, is, a, is not a bad guest. He doesn't just kick open the door and say, hey, well, you're, you need this or else you're going to die. No, he'll knock. And then when it's opened, he will come in. And I think that when we look at sharing the gospel in that way where we knock, but we don't kick in a door, we don't go in through a window, we don't go in with false pretenses, uh, we don't do a bait and switch. We simply knock on the door. Hey, hey, here, I, I, we have something for you. If you let us in, I will share. When we get access to the heart of people, that is the best time to share the gospel. That only comes when we have a relationship with Jesus ourselves and we allow the spirit to have those conversations. It's nerve wracking to go into a conversation and allow somebody else to have the lead, Ooh. to allow them to share and not share just for an opportunity to respond to truly listen. We can you know, that should be another episode is how to listen, right? You know, when we were in school, we actually had a class on how to listen to people, active listening skills. And from, from a theological standpoint, I remember Dr. Tilstra was, was the professor that taught that over several weeks in our intro ministry. We literally sat down and learned how to listen to people. So, and I felt like that was one of the most valuable things in, in that. And I struggle with it from time to time because I like to talk and I want to be right. And I want people to see how smart I am and, and tell me how great I am and stuff like this. But it's not, it's not effective. And in, in reaching people, you know, in, in times past, if you were to share biblically what you believe and you were to make a logical argument that 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 convicted the intellect, people would follow. But an intellectual decision without a heart decision. Right. Is not going to keep somebody. That's not it's not they're not going to. When I shared my vows with my wife, I was making an intellectual. I knew I was going into an intellectual contractual relationship with her. I wasn't there for the contract. I was there because I wanted to live my life with this person whom I loved. And I was going into that contract because of my love, right? I was going into that intellectual sense because of my love. And that's, that's when the gospel really, really changes lives. That's when the Bible says that when, if, if, if I be lifted up, Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself, yeah. right? When we lift up Jesus and we do so from a place of the heart, when we do so from a place of deep connection, it becomes more realistic and it becomes more meaningful for people. So Absolutely. And one last thing I want to add before we end our, our time here is just pray. <laughs> you know, like that seems cliche, but pray. You know, when we speak on behalf of God, we don't speak bereft of God. Meaning that if we want to have a godly conversation, we have to invite God into the conversation, right? So uh, whenever, even before I preach, before I teach, before I interact with uh, someone that I would desire to share the gospel with, I always say a prayer in my head or I'll, I'll go to the side of my office or I'll just, you know, take some time and I'll just bow my head and just pray or I'll just 
do a prayer work like Tom and just say, you know, Lord, I, I openly confess that I don't, I don't know what to say at this moment. I may be tired. I may not be in the best headspace, but if there's an opportunity for me to share you with this person, open a yeah. door or open a window or open something, Lord, so that, and also give me the wisdom to navigate uh, these layers of the conversation. And if this person decides to open the door to their heart, give me the words to say so that I can share you with them with the appropriate may, the appropriate tone or manner of delivery so that they can see you and not see me. So yep. prayer is key. The, the, the old adage is don't talk to people about God until you've talked to God about people. Right. And, um, you know, we said we've said on a previous podcast here that cliches are usually cliches for a reason because there's some truth with it. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John, man. Um, As always, I enjoy our our conversations getting together and filming this podcast. And we want to thank you, our listeners. This uh, this episode has blessed you. If you've been been intrigued by it, just do us a favor and share it with somebody else. Send it to somebody else via via text. Post it to your story on Instagram or share it on Facebook. And make sure you tag us with that. Uh, we'd love to be able to to interact with you more. And um, yeah, we just want to say thank you so much to all of you guys that are listening to our podcast. And so with that, when we we like to typically close our podcast with prayer, so let us uh, let's bow our heads as we as we close in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for your your son. We thank you for what Jesus has done for us and Lord, Amen. the opportunity for us to talk right now about how how to share that relationship. I pray that for each person that's listening right now that you'll first and foremost give them a deep desire for their relationship with you, that you will help them to build the friendships and the relationships they would need, teach them the words uh, or how to have a conversation with people, Lord, and uh, remind them that we sh- they should always be in prayer to you and spending time with you before we go and talk to people, Lord. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.